You're listening to audio from Cibolo Creek Community Church. To learn more, visit CiboloCreek.com. I was just introduced as the new executive pastor of uh, leadership and ministry development, and my name is Joe Teep. I am so glad to be able to be with you all. Um, thank you for the chance to be able to be be here. Uh, this is uh, my wife, Caitlin, and I, um, and... I love this photo, and we are new to town. We've been here a a whole whopping two and a half weeks. But in that time, we have made quick work. Uh, We have now become... homeowners of some land in Texas. And so we just, thank you, thank you. Looking forward to establishing our homestead. Um, And uh, we closed on Friday, and man, are we excited to be able to be here. Uh, Moving from Oregon, uh, we're moving from Oregon, where I spent the last 17 years, and we are excited to make this home. I've seen God's hand in each step of this of this journey of moving from Oregon to Texas. The right role, the right people, the right chance to be able to near, be near family up in Austin, and a, call, a clear call from Jesus. So I said, okay, God, let's go, giddy up. <laughs> and so you might be aware that Oregon and Texas are different. And <laughs> had different food. Like I said, I love tacos. Went to TNS yesterday. Absolutely loved that. Come on with your suggestions, people. I'm the newbie. Different food, different clothes. I still need to get me some boots. <laughs> different weather. What is this weather, people? <laughs> like, I was wearing shorts and flip-flops, and then all of a sudden a monsoon hit. And then it was freezing. What? <laughs> It was confusing. <laughs> and and now, now you know it's different, that's evident, but you also might not realize that actually Oregon and Texas have a lot of similarities. And when it comes to Christmas, um, it's supposed to be one of this season of peace and of joy. But instead, see, Christmas, it can often bring more chaos. Why is that? Like, why does the season that's promoted as being one that's bringing peace and joy bring us anything but? Like, we've allowed for, I think there's a couple reasons, and one of them is like, we have allowed so many things to contend for our attention. I mean, like, how many RSVPs and obligations do you have on your checklist? Like, whose aunt's neighbor's cat sitter did you forget to send your Christmas card to? (laughs) And have you found that right, but not too big, not too small, personal, but also practical, and it fits in the budget, gift for that hardest person to shop for? Yeah, well, me either. All of this leads to our crowded and conflicted hearts that we have. And last week, Caitlin and I, we went over to the rim, to the mall, and we found these great new chairs for our house, and we are so excited about them. But, and we saw it, and we were like, oh, this is it. And we're like, oh, and it's a deal, too. We're so excited. And then I saw the line. <laughs> and I was like, do we really like these chairs? <laughs> like, do we really like these chairs? <laughs> Can we Amazon them? <laughs> well... And as I stood in line for an hour, uh, 
I found out that we did, in fact, really like these chairs. And I had a lot of time to think about that. <laughs> and a lot of time to just observe as well. See, I realized that as I was observing that there wasn't much joy from the shoppers around me. I mean, they were annoyed, in disbelief, like myself, of the line and its length, and quite agitated as well. You know, even though Mariah Carey was coming through of uh, the speakers, all I want for Christmas is you, you know, that line, it said different. <laughs> well, the shoppers and their attitudes, they, they began to change from this excitement about this gift and this thing that I'm gonna be able to buy and purchase, and then they get through the process, and then they are anything but. They dread the process. And unfortunately, that type of dichotomy and that chaos and that angst between the expectation and then their reality then begins to sometimes follow us home. It shows up in crowded habits and crammed schedules, like it keeps us from practicing the way and the lifestyle of Jesus. You know, Christmas driving, even literally driving home, does not have peace. You know, everyone is in a hurry. Like being new to the area, I still haven't figured out all those turnarounds and may have missed those once or twice. And I am so thankful for those of you who put those U-turns in. <laughs> and now I was like, why would, oh, yeah, thank you. But those agitated shoppers, they just become these short-tempered, swerving drivers. You ever experienced that? But it's not just all, like them, those people out there. <laughs> Unfortunately, it can also become internal. It can be our own hearts that get chaotic, our own minds. And as ironic as it might sound, Christmas, it can seem like the hardest time to hear from Jesus with all of this crowding and noise and chaos and confusion. I mean, it can distract my brain and just fill with anything but Jesus. Like there's no margin to be able to breathe or, and there's constant overscheduling and office parties, but also trying to get everything done in the same amount of time, the same amount of work in the shorter amount of time and cramming in the next activity. I mean, do you ever feel like you need to take a vacation from your Christmas vacation? <laughs> Just give it a second. Maybe you will. Christmas, it can be hard. And finally, when we end up getting home, and we end up having that vacation, then we're with family. And Christmas, that can be hard for families. I mean, we were just talking this morning in military families, not being able to even be home and being abroad, deployed, super challenging. And memories of loved ones who recently passed away or not being able to grieve or grieving their loss is hard. Broken and strained family dynamics. I mean, that was my family growing up. Or financial struggles reminding you of what you don't have. Health, relationship issues, or even just straight up loneliness. The result is that life, you know, it has these great moments, but man, there is an ache for more. We're left tired and burnt out, wondering, really, is this it? Is this all there is? Do you see this chaos? Or has our chaotic culture and the allure of things through a thousand cuts desensitized you? 
This is what it is. This is just normal. It gets me asking, did Christmas not understand the assignment? So if you find life to be chaotic, especially during Christmas, let this chaos remind you of what happens when Jesus and the world collide. The world will try to distract us from anything having to do with Jesus. But Jesus has come. Jesus has come to offer peace, to offer hope, to offer joy. And he has come to offer shalom. Yeah, I missed those lines. He has come to be able to offer us shalom. Shalom is one of the most absolute beautiful, beautiful concepts that I have ever come across in the Bible. And I, it is my Christmas gift to you. I want to share one of the best things I know with you this, this morning. Shalom, it has, it, it, you probably have heard it defined as this one word of peace. And for a one-word definition, that's probably the best there is. But there's so much more depth to the concept of shalom. See, shalom, it's this fullness of life where everything flourishes as God originally intended. And everything is perfect. Right relationships with God, with others, with creation, and within yourself, everything is just right. Like God intended it, and it just, that whole John 15 where Jesus is like, I come to give you life and life to the full, and boom, there it is. It's this beautiful thing. And shalom is something that our souls long for. And we recognize, though, that in the brokenness of all of our relationships, you and I both know we need help and we need hope. Because this shalom isn't always easy to find. So when we dive deeper into this word shalom, we uncover that help and that hope for our chaotic lives and our chaotic Christmas. See, th- this is the word in Hebrew, written in Hebrew, for shalom. And sh- the Hebrew alphabet is made up of pictographs. So meaning that each letter is representative of a image or something in life. So this first letter is uh, the letter shin. And it is a picture of a tooth. So in that tooth or biting is to destroy or to cut, right? Oh, by the way, thank you. Yes, uh, Hebrew goes from right to left, not left to right. It's different. So anyway, so shalom. Um, So this is a shin. This is what is a lamed. It's like an L. You can pronounce it that way. Um, And it is representative right up here of the one who is in authority. So the person who is the, the person in charge is representative by Lamed. This is a vav, it means and. It's when you like two pieces just come together and are just connected. It is a connector. And then this is mem, the the letter mem. And this little part up here, it's representative of when you have a cup and it's beginning to overflow. And when it begins to overflow, what happens? Chaos. So what, what we end up seeing here, and that chaos is just like what we've described today. You know, like our life is but a cup, but then we try and cram so much stuff into it that it begins to overflow. 
and it, we just have chaos in our life. So, and it spills over and everything begins to be out of balance. So when you put this all together, and if you haven't been paying attention, now's the time. Here's what it means. Shalom means cutting off the authority that's connected to chaos. You see it? Cutting off the authority that's connected to chaos. This is the peace that Jesus has come to bring you and me. And see, this is not a passive kumbaya type of peace, right? No, this is like, I'm coming and I'm gonna chew it out. I'm gonna destroy it. I'm gonna destroy that authority that's connected to chaos. It is this strong and, and, and a purposed type of activity. This is what Jesus has done for us. He's, and when we have those right relationships, when they're apart from any chaos and they fit nicely in that warm coffee cup that I didn't get today, and man, I miss it so deeply because it's all in storage, I can't wait for the opportunity to be able to enjoy the beauty of that warm of life, <laughs> of that cup, right? It is, it is beautiful when that happens. But this is what Jesus has done for us He's given us the chance to be able to have things flourish. And when we have, though, broken relationships, things get chaotic and evil spreads. But God wants his creation to flourish. And our God isn't afraid of chaos. See, Jesus sees the challenges in your life. And Jesus knows the depth of the pain of your broken relationships. And Jesus hears you when you cry out to him and you say, help See, God sent Jesus to do something about it. See, Jesus understood the assignment. He gave up his place in heaven and everything that came with it, all power. He just gave it all up for you and for me. He came here to earth and he emptied himself with purpose. That purpose of lying down his life in service for you and for me. And God sent Jesus to conquer the chaos to cut off that authority of the chaos that separates us from God, to take away all of that. And then within your own relationships, he's come to be able to help you, to be able to cut off all of the chaotic things that keep you from having good relationships with your kids, with your spouse, with your parents. He's come to be able to renew the earth and to give us the, what what is he originally intended to be able to have a good relationship even with the soil, with the earth, with the land? And he's even come to renew your heart. All of the anxiety, all of the chaos that might exist up here, he's come to set you free. It no longer has to rule in your life. And this is what Jesus has come to be able to give you and me. See, Jesus, he's cut off and conquered all authority connected to chaos, even the evil one himself. And he did that once and for all when he lived that perfect life, died on that cross, was buried and rose again. Jesus, that Prince of Peace, came to bring lasting shalom. That is why the angels sing. That is why the shepherds rejoice 
The angels, sorry guys, the angels said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find him as a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And then suddenly, knowing what was happening, there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest on, and on earth, peace, shalom, among those with whom he is well pleased. See, the angels are not speaking of this passive peace, but instead of this active one where God takes action. He breaks into the world to cut off the authority to connect it to chaos, to restore right relationships for which our hearts ache. And so Christmas is about the culmination, as we learned last week, of hundreds of years of history where now promises are being realized where we get to gaze deeply into the manger where God came to dwell with us, to step into our chaos, to step into the manure of our life and to be able to clean it up, not just clean it up, but to offer you something way better, to give you peace, shalom, where your life can finally be freed from that chaos of guilt and shame and negative self-talk and a poor view of your own identity. <laughs> this is what Jesus has come to give you. Where we can experience God not as this distant creator way out there, up there, somewhere, big guy upstairs, thanks so much. No. Where Jesus is closer than a friend. Where never will he leave you, never will he forsake you. But that that is what Jesus has come to give you. Jesus is a reason for rejoicing. And he invites you and I not only to receive that shalom, that goodness, but he also invites us to do something. See, he invites us to be culture creators. He invites us into the journey. He gives you and I first the chance to be able to receive shalom but then to be able to give it away freely. See, that is the beauty of our God. He doesn't just do something for you and then check the box and move on, but instead he says, now come with me. Let's do it together. Let me inspire you and share with you what we could do together. That's why as a church, you might not realize it, but as a church body, like that's why we're delivering toys to like Fair Oaks Ranch and the police department. Right? That's why we're giving winter wear for the Meadowland Children's Home in Bernie. Like, that's why we're donating to the ministry of the Mercy Ministry in Nigeria. Because we want to actively participate. We want to actively bring about shalom in the world. And these aren't just good things to be a part of. They're joining and bringing about shalom with Jesus. So what about you? What action can you take to relieve the chaos of this, of this week and bring about shalom? Maybe it looks like the shepherds. 
where you didn't, don't have crowded habits and crazy schedules, but instead you open up your life and you leave, leave behind the sheep and the responsibilities of life and go at once to see Jesus. Maybe it looks like being like the wise men, not having crowded heads and distracted minds about what new investment that you might need to do, but instead you choose to place Jesus in his proper place, one of honor, and you prioritize pursuing him. Maybe it will be like Mary, who did not have a crowded or conflicted heart, but instead opened her arms and her mind and wondered at this beautiful thing that God allowed her to be involved in. That we would be able to receive here on earth the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and the Prince of Peace. Maybe it looks like expressing gratitude to our Prince of Peace who decided to come and cut off the authority connected to chaos and show us that the way to experience the life God originally intended for us is one that's full of shalom. So as you go this week, my prayer for you is that you would be filled with shalom. Let me pray for you, then we'll be dismissed. And Jesus, I pray and ask that your will would be done in our lives, that you would help us to be able to see you more clearly and to see the beauty of you in your presence here, of what it meant. And may we rejoice, God, that you have come to, to cut off the authority connected to chaos Help us to do that first with our own lives. And then, Father, help us to be able to give it away freely. In Jesus' name, I pray and ask these things. Amen. May you be blessed as you go today.